0: Welcome back, friends. I know it's been a little bit since I've released a new episode of the show, but with coronavirus, a lot of individuals who I approached were not looking to have conversations until there was some sort of semblance of understanding what was going on in the world. And although we are not any closer to understanding, I figured it was time to see if anybody wanted to sit down and chat with me and I'm really excited to share my conversation with Connor Rush today. Connor is not quite 20 years old, but he's getting ready to release his third video game on Steam since he started learning how to program video games when he was around 11 years old. So I I really wanted to bring Connor in to talk a little bit about starting video game development so early, especially considering he taught himself how to program, use development tools, um, and I just thought it would be a great opportunity to talk to somebody who has had those tools easily accessible to him for most of his life. Um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about his inspirational creative expression. As always, Cake Bites is sponsored by Squadcast. Squadcast is a fantastic remote interview recording service that I use to conduct all of my interviews, and I recommend them for not just recording interviews, but also for conducting meetings, you can utilize video, it's all saved to the cloud and the, the customer service at Squadcast is unparalleled compared to other remote interview recording services that I've used. Also, I'm happy to announce that CakeBites is finally a part of the Cinelinks Podcast Network. As y'all know, I am the managing editor over the video game side of Cinelinks. We do a lot of movie news, television news, general nerd news, and I've been serving as the managing editor for for a little while and Cinelinks has a fantastic network of podcasts for you to listen. You can find the show notes for today's episode on my website and also on Cinelinks as well. Without further ado, here is Connor Rush. So Connor rush Connor, you are how old are you?
1: Uh, I'm 19 right now
0: 19 And how long have you been creating video games for?
1: that see a lot of people always ask me how long and I don't think there's like an exact date I can pinpoint. I think I started getting interested when I was like eight uh, and I was like I messed around with it a bunch. I made a bunch of little prototypes that I never released because I was you know 10 and 11. What were
0: you making those prototypes on?
1: Unity, the Unity engine. Uh, programming primarily in JavaScript, which was not the, the best way to do it. But, you know, again, I was 10 and 11 and didn't know any better.
0: And did, did anybody in your household, like, where did the, who built the computer that was Unity capable?
1: Uh, it was a laptop that I bought at Sam's Club. <laughs> uh, I Unity capabilities aren't much. It's mostly getting to run the games that you make well. Uh, I couldn't do that. That was like my main issue at the time. And also, I didn't really have anyone to teach me how to do it. Uh, No one in my house was computer savvy. I was kind of left on my own with that one.
0: Because your first game that you put on Steam, how old were you when when you did that?
1: I think I was 13 when I was making it, 14 publishing.
0: (laughs) What kind of game was the first game that you put on
1: Steam? Well, I labeled it as horror, uh, which it really wasn't. <laughs> it's a—it's—it's uh, it's hard to explain it. I, it wasn't really a genre. It's just, you walk around the woods uh, and pick up stuff that a guy on a radio tells you to. And sometimes there's this like black smoke monster that gets you. And it, I'll just be completely transparent and say it wasn't very good. <laughs> Uh, It was. I made it in like five, six months. Uh, But again, I was thirteen and didn't know how to make games very well.
0: Well, and was Unity free? I, I I willfully un. I'm not knowledgeable. That's cool. Uh,
1: Yeah, Unity was and is still free. Actually, it's super accessible. Incredibly accessible.
0: And for learning JavaScript, you said, like, what, what what was that like? How old were you when you did that, you said? Like 10 or 11? Yeah,
1: I started around there. Uh, learning JavaScript, and I've since moved to C Sharp because it's a much more uh, optimized language. It's way more efficient. Uh, but I started learning through Unity. Uh, I learned by doing. It was a system of like, oh, I want to make my guy jump or something. So I go to the Unity forums, which are super active, a ton of people teaching people how to code. It's awesome. I go to Unity forums. I post a thread of something like, hey, how do I make a guy jump? And someone would like guide me through the steps, uh, how to program the jumping function. I take that code, put it in the game, and then later down the road, if there's something else I wanted to implement, I would go back to that jumping code that I made before. And I take bits and pieces, I'd figure out why that jumping code worked and I'd make it into new code. Uh just kind of reverse engineering in a way. And I taught myself that way.
0: I mean, and when you're making a game like into the unknown, like what was the time requirement for that? Like a time and energy, like
1: uh like, like I said, that was a short project. It was five, right. six months. Um I had made it for a competition, actually, that I never ended up entering because apparently they took all rights and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to self-publish it. And I put it on Steam Greenlight when that was still a thing. Uh, It somehow got on like three months later.
0: And how quickly after that did you start making your second game Welcome to the
1: Dreamscape? I I made Welcome to the Dreamscape. I think I started it like a week after Into the Unknown was done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I started it the the weirdest, like, inspiration I could have was the the HUD in Fallout 4. Or maybe not Fallout. Yeah, Fallout 4. It was the heads-up display in Fallout 4. And I was like, I want to make a heads-up display like that. So I, you know, I made something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, this would be cool for a, like, computer-based story. And just from there, I'd made it into, like, simulations of dreams, and the whole story came from that. I don't know, I think that's funny, kind of.
0: And for that one... Did you, was it still just you or were you working with anybody else?
1: Uh, that was still primarily just me. Uh, if there was any additional help, it was in like the realms of voice acting and uh, some like sound design here and there. But other than that, you know, I'd, I was programming it, designing the levels. I voiced two of the characters.
0: Which ones?
1: If you, if you ever watch the trailers, I'm the uh, I'm the British dude <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in, the, in the intercoms, yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, for, I mean, outsourcing for the work, what what was that like? Was that just working with like contract people that you met online or were they?
1: Uh, So my primary collaboration is voice acting and I go through the site called casting call club. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, it's, it's very popular for small independent projects because it's super open and accessible for anyone to join. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like going through that method, even with a bigger project like Summerland, um, because I get talent that you wouldn't hear otherwise. If I were to go like contact bigger agencies or whatever, I wouldn't be able to hear these people that don't really voice games that often. And I like getting that because if I get that, then I may have something, some like hidden gems, I guess.
0: And how old were you when um when Into the Dream or sorry, Welcome to the Dreamscape came out?
1: I I think I was. 16 when it went on steam, 15 or 16.
0: And then, so for Summerland, how old were you when you started development on that? Your I was 18. More... You're I 18.
1: was 18 when I started. So there was a big gap there.
0: I'm assuming that's just because you were living your life. I yeah. Know. I was
1: living life. I went into other projects. I started working on a uh, musical stuff, but hmm. no, like 18 years later, I like had the idea. I was like, I want to do something about death. <laughs> ah. uh, and I, just I'll, I'll make another game. That's fine.
0: Yeah, and so what was what was that like? It's that, I mean, it, it sounds like it was what this one was much more personal, or at least like in terms of where the inspiration came from.
1: Yeah, if if you play my games from like chronologically, when I started making games to now, you you'll see a trend that they tend to get more and more psychological and personal, and more of like these character-driven stories. Uh, Summerland came about. Because I, I get bad anxiety like a lot, frequently, and I had this reoccurring like existential crisis about my death and not knowing what happens when we die and the inevitability of death, uh, and all that stuff just sent me into like this spiral of panic. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's make an outlet for this. Let's figure out how we're going to deal with this. So I sat down. I created this uh, this world in a way of what happens when we die in a fictionalized sense. So it's kind of this uh, non-denominational afterlife. And I was like, okay, how do I implement this into media? And I decided to make a walking simulator type game, kind of like Firewatch Virginia, which became Summerland. And it's, it's kind of just this therapeutic exercise of compartmentalizing all of those anxieties into a fictional space.
0: And what made you choose making video games over other media, like mediums of, that you could use?
1: I think video games are more are, they're more personal. and I thought through a video game I can make people um, think a lot about what they're doing because in the end, they're the ones enacting all of the things. Even if they don't have a choice on certain things that happen in the game, they're still going through and enacting them. And with this project, I, I also go into a lot of themes of moral philosophy, not necessarily what's right and wrong, but why are things right and wrong? Uh, and I wanted people to play through that themselves, so that it, they put it puts them in the shoes of the people doing these things. It makes them think a bit more about it.
0: And and this is something that I, as a writer, I struggle, I have struggled with personally. So I'm just asking this, like, just I'm just throwing this out there, but. So I've always struggled with worrying that my own personal life experience isn't enough to create with. How do you feel like? How how do you feel like your life is? life experiences have like really affected what you've created because you've been creating and publishing works for I mean all of your like adolescent life. Do you understand what I'm asking? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Um. So like, how does my how do I feel that my personal life is enough to justify making art with?
0: Right. And I think it's amazing, but I guess that's something that I first personally felt really held back by. And I find it, I think, so I think it's really amazing that you have, you have the depths of personal experience that you do to create with. Cause I do feel like for me personally, it's a roadblock. So I, I find it inspirational.
1: See, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I've never looked at it that way. I, I guess I I don't view my experiences as quantitative as much as I do just what personally to me feels like it could justify art. If that makes sense at all. Like I that those anxieties, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to make something about this because I feel like it. It's not necessarily a matter of, is this enough for me to make something? It's just kind of, I I'm going to do it because I feel like it. That's why I basically made anything I've ever made. It's not a matter of oh, well, people think this is enough? It's kind of just I want to do it, so I did it.
0: I love it. No, I love it, and I guess it's like you're 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 talking about it being existential. Put me like in an existential mindset a little bit. I'm sorry. Um,
1: oh, don't worry about it. I'm all about existentialism. <laughs>
0: And I mean, did you find that like you had a good support system to help you pursue building a studio and a business essentially oh. around this with you, like from not just your parents, but like in school and stuff?
1: Yeah, no, it's been crazy. My, my parents, for one, have been incredibly supportive. My dad helped me come up with a studio name uh, back when I was like 10. Uh, he helped, he's helped me file the LLC information. He's helped me with a bunch of legal stuff. He helped fund, uh, tables at events, physical copies of my last game. Mm. So he's been awesome through all of this. My, my mom has been here supporting. She doesn't know much about like the, the legal side or development side as much as my dad does, but she's like totally on board with all of it. And she helps however she possibly can. And I really appreciate them for that. Mm. Uh, friends and everything. They, they think, I seem to think it's really cool at least that I'm doing all of this stuff. Um, But yeah, primarily like the parents have been awesome through all of this.
0: And I mean, have any of your school, like you said, like into the unknown was like a project potentially for a like contest. Have any of these been like school projects or have they been like completely extracurricular?
1: Uh, Into the unknown was actually kind of a school project. Uh, The, the gifted program or reach program. If you have that where you are, Mm -hmm. um, I I was in that and it was like me and another kid. So I was really small. So the teacher was very liberal about what we were going to do for like a lesson. And I was just like, Hey, I'm learning to make video games. And she said, Oh, cool. Let's do that. (laughs) Uh, So uh, basically our whole year was spent working on into the unknown for that competition.
0: Wow. That's really cool. And what are you, you're in college now. Where are you going to college and what are you studying?
1: Computer science. No, I hope to <laughs> like, pursue this full time. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. And are you like working in a specific department? Like, is there like a, like working in give video game development, or is it like something that you'll um, like internship with? Kind of no, with?
1: I'm I'm thinking game development will be more of an internship type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a general computer science degree kind of opens things up. Like if I if I specialize in game development, I kinda have to get a job in game development. And if I decide not to do that in the future, I think having a general CS degree is good. Plus where I am at, uh for for some reason, the computer science degree is in the engineering department. So I, I guess I have that as a backup as well.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And well now that Summerland is on Steam, are mm-hmm. you working on anything else?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, in the realms of games, at least. I'm not working on anything. Mm-mm.
0: No. Nah, well, you, nah. Do you think you'll be working on something in the future?
1: Uh, in terms of, like, video games? mm mm-hmm. um, I, ha- I have some stuff I have, like, on the back burner uh, that I've been working There was one I was working on, like, during the end of the unknown stages that I've been on and off, like, even today. Uh, mm-hmm. I just can't really find the, what to do with it, uh, but maybe I'll revisit it at some point. It, it's kind of a cool project. Can't say too much here, though, in case I actually do pursue it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you tell people where they can find um, Summerland and any of the games that you've made?
1: Yeah, so all of the games I've made are on Steam right now. Uh, You can download Into the Unknown and Welcome to the Dreamscape for free uh, right now. Summerland comes out December 2nd. And will also be uh, free to play.
0: Very nice, very nice. And um, is there anything else that you want to talk about that I didn't ask about?
1: Um, I mean, I like I like to talk about Summerland.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We talked a little bit about it, but we can absolutely talk way way more about it. Yeah. Um, Because you talked about how it kind of it came from a personal place.
1: It did. Yeah uh so summerland is it's my most narrative focused game yet Mm. and it it can it comes from a lot of criticism i got from past games welcome to the dreamscape in particular uh i remember one review by the real dudes podcast who said um you are you familiar with real dudes Mm -hmm. yeah okay uh i got a review from them they said that the story and the storytelling was phenomenal And I took that, and they also said that the gameplay was not as phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, So I just decided to focus fully on story and narrative. So Summerland is a... How's the best way I could describe this? It is a walking simulator about the afterlife and moral philosophy in which you play a detective named Matthew, who is in a very mysterious situation. Uh, He's in over his head. He's doing whatever he can to protect the things that he loves while being, you know, questioned on his moral stances along the way.
0: And for the moral philosophy, like where are you drawing your inspirations from?
1: I I like to tell people, uh, which is true. I was watching the good place, Mm -hmm. the TV show. And there was, have have you ever seen it?
0: I was actually watching it earlier today.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Cheedy, the character Cheedy, is a moral philosopher, and there's a lot of scenes in the show where uh, he's teaching. I haven't seen it forever. What's the What's the main girl's name? It's Uh, like blank.
0: Eleanor.
1: Yeah, Eleanor. Cheedy's always teaching Eleanor about moral philosophy, and he starts bringing up all of these philosophers and like the ideas they expressed. I'm like, this is this seems really interesting. So I just started researching it, uh, and I thought it was some really cool stuff, and I decided to just implement it into the game. So there are like points in the game that reference like Emmanuel Kant and Jeremy Bentham and like utilitarianism, deontological ethics. I just thought it was really interesting.
0: And and how long or how long is the game?
1: Uh the playthrough is about an hour and a half, two hours.
0: Okay.
1: It's it's fairly short. Um, but you it's very also compact. So a lot goes on in that hour and a half, two hours. I, I wanted to make it a lot more um I don't want to say action-focused, but like in the moment than most walking simulators. Um, a lot of people don't like games like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture or um, Dear Esther. Mm-hmm. Dear Esther. Um, a lot of people don't like those games and think they're boring. And I think uh, the main cause for that in a lot of people is that you're not experiencing the story. You know, you're playing a like catalyst camera almost, kind of just going around observing the story you're not a part of. And I wanted to make sure this game was very in the moment. You are a character in this story currently. there are cut scenes um there are even some like slight action scenes throughout the game and i think I think Summerland is a huge improvement on everything I've done so far, especially visually. I think visually this is my best looking game by far
0: and what did you what did you do between uh into the dream or welcome to, to the Dreamscape and summerland
1: uh I learned that post processing exists. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's got ambient aliasing, ambient occlusion, uh, color correction. I just, I went all out. I learned that it was there and I decided let's go full force with this. <laughs> uh, and I wanted it to feel, I know it's like an overused term, but I wanted it to feel cinematic. Mm-hmm. I, wanted, I wanted it to feel like a professional dramatic product. And I think I've achieved that with this.
0: Perfect. And you said December 2nd is when it comes out? December
1: 2nd. Yeah. Free to play.
0: Free to play. That's so exciting on Steam. Yeah. Wonderful. And you said nothing really right now outside of Summerland. Just, just no, I'm
1: working on more music, but in the terms of like uh, game development, uh, nothing really what, at the moment.
0: What kind of music are you? What do you do?
1: Uh, I, I work a lot in uh, like I, I, I use the term art rock, hmm. art rock, experimental rock type stuff.
0: What are you playing an instrument, or is it like yeah? A- yeah,
1: I do. Um, I do the guitar, bass, keyboards. Uh, I have I have a friend who does a lot of drumming stuff. It's fun. I, I do a lot of um, a lot of more, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Do, do you listen to, I feel like a pretentious college kid, but do you listen to Radiohead at all?
0: I I haven't listened to Radiohead specifically. Um, so, no, I'm sorry. The reference is not great. No, it's
1: like, fine. It's fine. Uh, stuff a lot like, uh, like Radiohead, the drones, some Beck.
0: Okay. That, yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay. Kind of. Very fun. And are you yeah. I mean? Are you in a band that people could like go listen to your music?
1: Uh, it's it's a band. It's just me. Uh, it's Auric Echoes, which is a difficult one to spell just by saying it.
0: No, for sure. I mean, I can always include links to it in case people want to try and listen to it. Yeah, are you like
1: um, my my past works are fine?
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. I
1: think the next the stuff I'm working on now is going to be a lot better. Just like Summerland, you know.
0: Very nice. And are you doing performances or anything like that? Or is it just, <laughs> or like, are you doing anything with that for school?
1: No, I have want to do live performances, but I've never like gotten around to it. Just because the stuff I make needs like six people to perform with live instrumentation. So I don't actually know how I do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, see, I see, I see. I'd love to do it. I
1: think it'd be a great time. But
0: well, That's cool. Well, I'll make sure that I include all of that into Yeah, if you'd like to. No, I definitely will. I think that's really cool. I've talked to developers that they act, they do magic, they, they, you know, they kind of, you know, you're not just people who make games, like you probably have other interests
1: too. No, I consider it like an art form. I think, I think game development needs to be considered more of an art form. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like, um, you know, like take like Donald Glover, the dude's an actor, a writer, a musician, and those are all considered art forms. But I feel like when it comes to game development, it's not considered as much. Uh, and I, I feel like that needs to be normalized a bit more, you know, game development as an art.
0: No, I definitely agree. And I think that I made kind of like, just like an assumption earlier when I, when I was getting all existential about like, because I knew, I knew that your book, your games were very narrative heavy. And I, I guess I feel like video games nowadays, in a lot of cases are very heavily like their narratives and mm-hmm. you can choose to write books or you can choose to tell those same stories, maybe as a video game instead. And, and, and make it a little bit more cinematic and you're delivering your, your that same narrative in a different vehicle that, you know, I, I think that it's just a different opportunity to, to tell different, to, to tell stories. And I think it's a really accessible. It's
1: such an immersive medium.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the reality <laughs> is, is that it's really, really accessible for, for anybody to, to pick up and, and, and and teach themselves and learn i mean how how long do you feel like it it was before you were proficient in
1: uh, it, see for me it was a long time but that doesn't go for everyone mostly because I didn't actually have a teacher I was just kind of figuring things out wow. as I went very little by little so I'd say over the course of maybe like six seven years
0: there's a lot of people that I've talked to that, I mean really have done that same thing that same thing too
1: and yeah um and you know what if anyone wants to get into game development it's so accessible nowadays like it used to be this thing like you're oh you're a genius if you make games it's not like that anymore your game development is super accessible unity is free you can go download unity for free um there, there's a lot of stuff you can use uh, from the unity asset store mm-hmm. Which I mean, it gets it gets knocked on a lot. People who use like stock assets in their games, I don't see anything particularly wrong with it in a lot of cases. I mean, if you download a whole level off Unity and publish it as your own, that's you know you don't do that. That's that's when your product's like unoriginal. But if you are taking like just small three D models like here and there, and maybe like one or, like a few codes from the Unity assets, that's fine. And the store is there because people are like the platform is accessible and anyone can do it. And some people don't have that full skill set. Um, plus, Unity has an awesome community that's super active, teaching people what how to make games, guiding people in the right direction. I just think now is the best time, more than it ever has been, to get into game development.
0: No, absolutely. I I don't disagree. I think I absolutely agree with you. Um, and. The accessibility of development tools has been a conversation that I've had with multiple people. Um, Just the ease of access, the ease of use, like how how much easier it is just generally to use it. Um, I mean, it's a conversation that I have and the tools of the trade, you know, but also kind of what then you are expected of being able to know how to do as well. Like coming into game development as a as a young developer needing a larger a larger toolbox to to make yourself a viable candidate you know
1: that, that's that's one of my main worries in the game development industry is that I don't know as much as I think I might
0: but you but you may be surprised too like.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I may be pleasantly and, surprised and in that.
0: The real the reality is is um is game development is as accessible as you as it as it is, and you don't necessarily need to be working for a AAA developer. No, exactly. Games, look, so.
1: look at like the the like single made indie hits like Five Nights at Freddy's,
0: Stardew Valley.
1: Yeah, Stardew Valley, Five Nights at Freddy's, Undertale, like all these games made by one dude that amassed millions just because they caught this like niche market. Those, those stories I think are incredible. I'm not even the biggest fan of some of these games. But.
0: I'm playing three of them, like, right now. I played one of them for eight hours on stream yesterday. I mean, it just is. I mean, you can just really, like, if one person can really just, like, do what they want.
1: Well, it wasn't, um uh, just came out, Phasmophobia.
0: Yeah, I think that is Isn't another that one. I think so.
1: See, that that's crazy that one guy can, like, make that much of an impact. I want to. I hope to do that one day.
0: For sure, no, absolutely. It's maybe
1: it'll be Summerland. Who knows?
0: Not meaning, quite frankly, I mean, you are making games. Like you, you are doing it. I, I think it's amazing. Thank you very much. I think it really is. Like I said, I, I, I artificially hold myself back as a creator. You know, like those, those, those are artificial limits that I place on myself and worries that I have. So,
1: and you don't, know, you don't, you don't need to do that yeah. because like art is, it's, it's free. Mm-hmm. Art is a free expression tool and you, I know as much as I like say it, it's not going to help much. Cause I, I know me as well. Like no matter what someone says, I'm going to be in my own head, but you know, I, I will say um, you, you don't need to hold yourself back or that if you want to make something just, you know, just do it.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: And it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the best at advice.
0: No, that was good.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm stumbling in my, in my thoughts.
0: No, that's right good. And but no, if,
1: you're, if you're struggling with writing, um, you know, it's you don't need to worry about if it's going to be enough because it is enough. <laughs> whatever, whatever your own experience is, if you're debating if it's enough, then you're at a point where you're saying it might be enough.
0: Right. No, nope. absolutely. In that case, it is. Absolutely. I'm definitely acknowledging that they are like needlessly self-imposed. Mostly, so, but but so I understand, and I and I really I appreciate the the freeness that you have in in your creative expression, um and I think that it's amazing that you have these games available and that people can pick up Summerland on December second and they yeah. can play Welcome to the Dreamscape and Into the Unknown too, just to kind of get an idea, just to see mm-hmm. where you've been and where are, and they're gonna see where. You- where your head's at, and then I'll have also links available to your music and stuff as well, so people can see what you're making. Oh, that's through. awesome! Thank yeah, you so much. absolutely. It's who you are as a creator.
1: And I will say, if anyone decides to play Welcome to the Dreamscape or Into the Unknown before Summerland comes out, uh, just know that is not a benchmark of where Summerland is at. I've I feel like I've made leaps and bounds. Like I said, I took a two year gap between Summerland and Welcome to the Dreamscape. I feel like my quality has improved immensely. Um, the the story I'm telling I've improved as a writer as a developer as a programmer as a director as well um, like the voice cast and everything is phenomenal I got I got um, Natalie Van Sistine if you know uh, that name uh, she she was in Paladins
0: oh okay and
1: then, um, another one of my bigger actors uh, Ryan Beard
0: hmm.
1: are you familiar with him at all
0: not off the top of my head
1: do you, do you have <laughs> this is gonna sound like an odd segue do you have the app TikTok
0: I do not. No? No, I'm a bad older millennial.
1: He, he's, he's bigger on there. Oh, okay. He's a comedian on there. He was on American Got Talent. But no, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be my highest quality work yet, and I encourage anyone to check it out. Plus, it's free, so.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll make sure people have the opportunity to follow um, your studio on social media, um, you. follow your music, wherever it is, um, so that they can keep up with what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that...
1: I don't have anything.
0: No, you're good. I did not mean to, like, not talk more about Summerland.
1: Oh, but... no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs>
0: you, you had, like, such a great answer about it prepared earlier. And I was like, I felt like that was a pretty good yeah no
1: oh no I've done a I've done a few interviews and I've written a bunch of elevator pitches so it's kind of automatic at this point <laughs> which
0: perfect and so I just wanted to make sure we didn't forget anything else but um yeah. if that's everything I will make sure everyone can go and give your music a listen and we'll see what Summerland's about on December 2nd thank you
1: and I, I really appreciate you having me on today
0: absolutely thank you so much All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll have show notes for today's episode up on cakebites.com. Don't forget to like and follow the show on social media so you can keep up with updates as well as on Twitch so you can get updates when I finally go live. And yeah, I think that's everything. See y'all next time.